From the Summer Skate Studios, Behind the Mask Hockey Shops present College Hockey West Weekly. Behind the Masks, College Hockey West Weekly is brought to you by Toyota of the Desert, where there's more to our dealership than just sales and service. Your trusted Toyota dealer at toyotaofthedesert.com or at 68-105 Kyle Road in Cathedral City, California. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Stop in for lunch, cater your next event, or just buy a couple of bottles of our award-winning sauces. Top Golf, let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team-building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to NCHC.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. The Tag Creative Group. Search T Grand Rudd at redbubble.com and let us help you create a unique design for you or your business. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, where an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations around the world. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly with locations in Tempe, Pine Top, and our ghost kitchen in Queen Creek. Order online at thespaghettishack.com. Liberty University. Play for something more, faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. Summer Skates, shower shoes or koozies to show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app, a proud partner of the NHL. College Hockey West Weekly from the Summer Skates Studios presented by Behind the Mask as a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, to another Tuesday night, another episode of College Hockey West Weekly. Scott Strandy with you today from beautiful Palm Springs, California, where it's a balmy 103 as I podcast from a parking lot outside Panera Bread. How's that? Podcasting from a parking lot outside Panera Bread. My co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, joining me from that big, beautiful, palatial estate out on Long Island, New York. Paul, it's 103 here. How warm is it on the island at the estate? What estate? Oh, just checking. Just checking. I know where I am. It's about <laughs> In the backyard or basement today? No, we're back in the basement. I told you I was banished back into the basement. You can't go outside anymore? Dogs don't allow it or servants don't allow it or? Servants? What are those? <laughs> you did get past the gate guy, though, right? The guy that protects the estate from the from the outsiders. What? Once again, what estate? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, well, how's Charlie doing after he's uh, got back from college? You enjoying his his summer vacation to this point? Oh, I think so. We, you know, we uh, went to go with school budget vote today. So. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, anyway, um, I'm a little weary today, Paul. That's every day. And no, it's even more today, Paul. I stood for seven hours last night to watch a hockey game that went 111 minutes plus before 
One Riker Evans scored for the Coachella Valley Firebirds to send the uh, the Wranglers back to their hotel uh, tired and defeated uh, at uh, 3-2 and gave the Coachella Valley Firebirds, Paul, they're an ex- their uh, expansion team. <laughs> it's their first oh, year. You could they, have sat down between periods. I, I don't know what <laughs> made you say you not sit down. Well, I mean, I did sit down for a few minutes between periods, but that's that's nothing compared to the the, the uh, length of a period of hockey. So did anyway, you, did you make sixty saves? No, no. Oh, Enjoy okay. made sixty-two, by the way. <laughs> I rounded up. I rounded. Sixty-two out of sixty-four. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> you never know. I heard sixty originally, and then it kind of jumped around. So. Um, anyway, Joey Decord, the uh, Arizona State product, another outstanding performance. Gave up two in the first period, shut him down for the next, <laughs> this is almost funny to say, almost next four periods uh, well, of hockey. That, right? Yeah, five, sorry, four and a half periods of hockey. Two, yeah, four plus, yeah. Yeah, so what an outstanding performance. On the other end of the ice, Dustin, the Wolf of Calgary, Wolf, was outstanding as well. Um, yeah, the wolf, the wolf of Calgary. See, he used to be, he used to be the wolf of Stockton. And before that, they called him just the wolf of Wall Street. But, uh, he went from the wolf of Wall Street to the wolf of Stockton to now he's the wolf of Calgary. One Dustin Wolf, the fastest, quickest goaltender I have ever seen in 50 plus years of watching hockey ever. There's never been anybody as quick and fast. But that's fine. Okay. Search AHL, Dustin Wolf, goaltender of the year. Anyway. Anyway, so uh, uh, a little weary. Got back to the hotel last night at about mm, a little after one and uh, and tried to get some sleep and got back up and got at, after things again this morning early. Uh, I was going to try to make it over to Arizona today. It's going to become a trip tomorrow. Um, as you know, transmission out of my car. Time to find something else to drive. And uh, we did find something. It's just that it's in Arizona, which is 260 miles away from where I am sitting at this very moment. Of course. So anyway, that's the way uh, my evening went. But anytime you can go watch a, a great hockey game, it's always worth it. Uh, 8,100 in attendance last night in the desert uh, to watch the first home game of uh, round three of the AHL playoffs. And like I said, it was uh, the Joey Decord show for the most part until Riker Evans stole it by scoring the goal. He didn't steal it. He just cemented it. Okay, good one. He cemented it. Riker, if you're listening, you cemented it. Okay, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, he didn't steal the show. Somebody was going to score. I, I doubt in overtime Joey was going to score. Well, he tried. Uh, well, I know that. <laughs> I don't have to have watched it to know that. He he Probably did send some. Times. He he tried some um, rink wide passes that connected and very nearly sent guys in alone um, from three quarters of the ice. So yeah, he's uh, he's one of a kind. I mean, he definitely, you know, is 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 uh, is 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 good at handling the puck. I, you know, it's it. I've not been able to watch him 
um, you know, play as much in the pros as I did, obviously, at ASU. And, uh, and obviously, the trapezoid kind of restricts his, um, you know, his, his handling of the puck. But um, I'm sure he's still pretty good at it and better than most. Better than most, Paul? No, he's he might be the best also. Well, Last fine. night, I'm we... Not... I could have seen the quickest, fastest goaltender, and I could also have seen the one that plays the puck better. When you talk to, to Joey's teammates about him, um, they just gush over the fact and how he makes their life easier being like a sixth skater. We talked about that last week. Um, anyway, so that's the way it went. I thought we'd start the show today. We got a lot to talk about, but I thought maybe we'd start with a little clip, a couple clips maybe from Joey and Dan Biles might give you a chance to... Uh, to just hear the inside stuff if you want. Um, you okay with that? Yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I go with the flow. All right, so here's Joey Decord. This is uncut, this uh, this segment. It's three minutes and 49 seconds, but here's Joey Decord after his 62-save performance last night and a 3-2 triple overtime victory for the Coachella Valley Firebirds of the American Hockey League. Joey, nice win after 60-plus uh, saves. What do you feel like? Ready for bed, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was nuts. Uh, we played uh, last year in trial. We played a double overtime game, and then uh, played double overtime in prep school, I think, and that's it. So first time playing three. Uh, it's way more fun when you win. So uh, <laughs> it's nice to come out on top. How important is this win now that you know you've got two more games here to get just one more win? How big, how big was it for you versus them? Uh, I mean, yeah, game three is pretty pivotal in a five-game series. And uh, you know, I think uh, I think we just showed our resiliency and our grit, obviously, down 2-0 uh, after the first. And, uh, yeah, just bowed, competed, um, and, and found our way back in it. Excuse me. Uh, found our way back in it. And, uh, yeah, it's just a matter of will at, at that point. As a goaltender, how do you get how do you get through each period as a goaltender when you're heading into four, period five, period six? As it goes down the the way, how do you prepare mentally each each time you come out? Um, honestly, I just try to stick to what's been working and um, keep doing the same things and focus on just the next shot. You know, you can't get uh, when there's a never-ending you know time frame ahead of you. You just have to focus on doing the the, the thing right in front of you and staying in the present moment. And uh, yeah, I just try to take it one shot at a time. Um, just give my team as long as they could, as long as I could, to, to give them a chance to score. And, uh, yeah, at some point, it definitely starts getting to the point where you're like, please, someone score. <laughs> um, so my girlfriend has work tomorrow at 7 a.m. She's waiting for a hug. So. Three, three different games with these guys already in this series. Did you guys expect that? that you played three different style of games? I don't know if we really expected that. We just knew it was going to be a tight series, and uh, I think it's. I mean, we, we played six periods, so uh, we played two games for one, um, and I think it's you know been as expected. Obviously, tonight could have gone either way, and um, you know, two tight games. And you know, the, the the first game was six three on the scoreboard, but I was closer than it looked on the uh, you know on the, on the ice. So um, we played three tight games with them, and expect more of the same. Joey, I gotta ask. You know, they, you saved nineteen shots in the first overtime. You guys only got two. Um, was that? Can you take us through kind of what what you were feeling at that point? I mean, was that encouraging that you got that you were able to to still uh, you know keep them off the boards in, in overtime, or was that frustrating for you at that at that moment? 
No, it's not frustrating. It's just uh, it's just hockey, and it's overtime, and um, it doesn't matter how many shots they get. If they don't score, they can't win. So um, for myself, I just try to stay focused as much as I could and uh, just give the team a chance to win until Riker could uh, go, go cheddar there. That was fun. That was fun to watch. I was pretty fired up. Yeah. <laughs> so they got those two uh, early goals, and then you basically shut them out as you continued on. Were you seeing things better did you find that you know yourself something changed in that or is it just just hockey as you would say? yeah it's just hockey i think um you know in the, in the first period there i think uh we didn't play as a team up to our standard myself included um you know i definitely could have been a little bit better in that period and um but luckily we made it out of there you know it, it was still a game and i think after the first period we really as a group um bared down and we came out we had a good second period um, and then we had momentum going to third and just uh, tried to continue building on it and then uh, got the power play goal there in third tied up. And we played three more periods until we got the next goal. I <laughs> <laughs> congrats, man. It was, great. Uh, it was a great, great thing to watch. Awesome. Thanks, guys. That was Joey Decord um, at his finest, Paul. The same old Joey Decord, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, some things never change, right? I mean... Always kind of a good, uh, you know, well-spoken, uh, cooperative. You know, I mean, athletes don't have to be cooperative. But, you know, um, a good, you know, like I said, just a, a good guy to talk to and always, um, you know, has a smile on his face and, 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 and just... You know, he can do no, uh, to me, he can do no wrong. It doesn't matter. He's always going to have that most important label. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, I thought it was funny. He said, you know, he just wanted somebody to score because his girlfriend had work at 7 a.m. and she just wanted to hug after the game. That was it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, he should have been a little more specific. Let's let's be let's let's be serious. He he meant he wanted somebody on his team to score. Yeah, he just said somebody score. I think I think that was implied. It was going to be on his team. I just want to make sure that that (laughs) that people understand that. That's all. I just wanted to, just in case people didn't understand. That's all. Okay, Um, and and I got a couple more shorter clips from Dan Bilesma, the head coach, who uh, who seemed a little exhausted uh, by the end of this one, as much as the players did on that bench. So. Let's hear from Dan and uh, and uh, hear what he had to say. Well, Coach, uh, you talked about 300 minutes. Did you expect to play them all tonight? <laughs> How many extra did we play tonight? <laughs> Higher games, extra. Close. Yeah, and no, but uh, I think in any playoff run, you're you're gonna have you're gonna have to win an OT game. You're gonna have to take it to OT, and this one felt like it was good. Gonna go all night long, um, and uh, both teams. You know, I, I think the shots were what sixty-two to fifty-two or fifty-one. Um, both teams had good opportunities to end it. We had both teams had uh, players behind their goalie making saves, uh, and it finally ended. Finally ended with uh, kind of how we thought it was gonna gonna have to get in uh, wolf size and make it hard on him and, and uh, Max was doing that with the, the D-man in front of the net and Evie banged it home. How important is this game three win 
uh, knowing that you have two more at home. I know you, you, you play them one at a time, but it has to feel good, doesn't it? Well, I, you're, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a race to three wins and, and, uh, you've got 300 minutes to do it. And, um, you know, the, like more, more importantly, it's, it's just the second win. It's, uh, you know, it came at a, a expense. It came at a long game. It came at, um, I don't think we played our best in the first period and got behind in this game, but, uh, the guys dug in. The guys battled for for a lot longer, maybe than we we wanted to, but uh, came out with the, the victory, and, and now we got two. And now we got two, says the coach. Um, I had to joke with him a little bit about that three hundred minutes because he's been driving on us about that. This series is three hundred minutes, Paul. Um, I don't I don't know that he thought he was going to play an extra sixty <laughs> or fifty five, as it turned out. But um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty listen, incredible. Uh, you know, you can sit there and talk about the coach being tired. How much did he skate? You what? How much did the coach skate? Yeah, he he didn't skate at all. But um, he uh, he he was definitely uh, exhausted on the bench. I mean, he's oh, into sure. a game like nobody else uh, in the building. Um, and so is his coaching staff. We talked about that the other day. One more final short clip. It's a minute 27 from Dan Biles. I just think it's important to uh, to hear how this coach talks about his players. Coach, um, I thought it was a real team effort, but three people stood out to me. Joey, obviously. Gustav, again, was outstanding. And Andrew back in the lineup. Um, can you just comment on those three? I'll save Joey for last. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know one of the things we've missed all season for the second half of the season in particular was um, the play of, of Olsen Goose on the back end, and uh, you know he's come back from a, a lengthy injury and been getting his feet underneath him um, in in important games and playoff games and. I think the last uh, the last couple he's you've seen him play at his best um, for us, and it's a, a huge difference maker for us. And uh, you know, Potsy was uh, I think we're all grateful to see him back in the lineup. I, I think he was grateful to the guys for giving him this opportunity to, to come back and and play in some meaningful games. And and uh, I think our group responded in kind. They were um, he's a dynamic player and a difference maker and. and didn't necessarily come on the score sheet tonight, but uh, you saw it there all night long. And our goalie didn't just say much more. Joy was, you know, 62 saves. Um, Don't have to say much more. He's our goalie. Well, listen, 62 saves. I mean, you know, when you get to triple overtime, I don't care what level you're playing at, uh, your goalie has was probably your best player. Yeah, I believe he has to be because uh, as he said it in his own comments, Joey said that, uh, you know, you try to focus on every shot because if they don't score, they can't win. Right. I mean, that's like the Wayne Gretzky quote, right? You you don't score on 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah, exactly. Joey and Wayne Gretzky now in the same category with quotes. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, 
uh, I just wanted to play those clips. I, you know, I'll tell you again, you know uh, my affection for uh, Coach Mayotte and, and really all of the coaches that, that I'm around. I mean, they're so much fun to hang with. And uh, and I love being around Coach Mayotte and, and hearing his his talk of how he coaches and how his life is and all of those things. But, boy, uh, Dan Bilesma has, has really grabbed me um, over the last, I don't know what, five, six months because what he does and how he reacts to his players. And I thought those three players tonight, I really thought last night they were the best players on the ice. And uh, you know how I find out, right, Paul, when they're in my viewfinder of my camera all the time and I try to take pictures of other people and I never see them because there's other guys uh, or some certain guys always in my viewfinder, that's because they're in the play. And uh, Gustav Olofsson and... um, the player Joey Decord, obviously, and uh, Andrew Portoluski last night were uh, were just unbelievable. Well, listen, like I said, you know, uh, it's playoffs. People have to step up, especially the goalie. And, you know, Dustin Wolf did so too for Calgary, but uh, he let up one more than the other guy. So. Yep, exactly. And again, I know this is a college hockey show, but in the summertime, when you're looking at college hockey players, yesterday we talked about the the world championships. And I just think when you watch what these guys are doing and uh, how they hone their skills at NCAA collegiate hockey, uh, if you don't want to play collegiate hockey or if you don't think um, there's enough stalls, then we need to do something about that because these players really lay it all on the line. And it's a life skill, Paul. They, they, they they work at this to try to get to the next level, the and then the next level and the next level, whether it's junior, NCAA, AHL, ECHL, and finally the NHL, and um, that's why we're seeing so many college players turning turning to the NHL because they they're earning their spot. Well, it it piggybacks off of it piggybacks off of uh, one of the comments I heard. On um, and I do listen regularly to the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast, um, which comes out of uh, Canada, uh, TSN. Elliot Friedman, one of the, the one of the most respected hockey writers in all of hockey, and 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 he with his partner Jeff Marrick were were talking on their latest one that came out last night. Um, as they do a lot more updates, obviously, during the postseason. And was talking about how um, there are so many good players that are around today. You know, as they were talking about the fact that uh, the Kraken were, was one game away, were one game away from the conference finals and and the fact that they would have played Vegas. And he's talking about how you know, people used to say for a while that they really can't expand in the NHL because of the fact that there just aren't enough good players. Well, you know, he was of the opinion and he voiced his opinion and said, uh, I don't believe that's the case anymore. Um, he thinks that the talent is, there's enough talent now in the hockey world for the NHL to add two to four teams and not dilute the quality of play 
and that would directly translate into the college game because we know there's not enough lockers for the amount of players that could be Division One players. And that's why we kind of talk all the time about some of these places jumping. Like we talk about UNLV and we talk about Oregon. All right. Um, Don't we talk about U of A too? Who? <laughs> I just thought I'd bring that up. Uh, uh, I, I, who? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we talk about Liberty. We talk about why wouldn't Adrian? They've got an NCAA Division three program. Anyway. You know, uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, we've, you know, with USC and UCLA bolting the Pac-12 to go to the Big Ten. Like, after that initial shock, so to speak, it was less than a week later where you saw, started seeing people say, hey, this is the chance for you guys to add hockey. You're going to win into the Big Ten. You'll have a conference. And, of course. So where do you think that – let me ask you this before you move on. Of course, on. they have to be corrected, by the way. Re-enter <laughs> the Division One level. Because <laughs> they right. had varsity hockey before. So is Houston. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're going to ACHA. We'll get into that in just a minute. I just want to ask you this, though. Who would be more hated by, uh, as you like to say, the other Maroon and Gold team uh, if they were to win the Big Ten Conference? UCLA, USC, or Arizona State? Which would That's hurt tough. them more? Which would anger them more? Well, I, I are we are we going are we playing the assume ASU is in the big is is an affiliate member of the Big Ten Conference to make it yeah even? of course of course so the Big Ten hockey now has Notre Dame ASU UC and, and UCLA yeah That's okay, what I just want I just want to yeah I just want to yeah we're make playing sure a game I understand the parameters yeah we're playing well, a game who who would they, three, who would anger them more. Any of the three, to be honest with you, would. Um, I don't want to play out my biases. But I think that any of those teams winning would make the other maroon goal team be butthurt. You know, of course, was a cop as out. we've mentioned a lot. Over that was a cop out. As we've as we as we've mentioned a lot over the USC is undefeated against that other maroon and gold team. We've mentioned that a lot over the last couple of days. <laughs> oh, the controversy! You love to stir the pot. Well, can we just recall, can we just call you Mister Chaos? Oh, uh, we we know I love chaos, but you know, <laughs> I, I and that was it. I'm just going to say it again. That was a other maroon and gold team that had one John Mariucci on it. Go look it up. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. And that would just verify it. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, my thought is, and I appreciate your thoughts on that because you copped out on it and you just said, ah, any of them. Uh, I, I still think the team that would upset them the most would be Arizona State. Strictly from the standpoint that they, they were able to start a program quickly. They started it and played a ton of games in Oceanside Ice Arena, which, by the way, is now leveled, I understand. And um, and they got, they've gone from that 
to to now recruiting and bringing people to the beautiful campus at Arizona State and to Mullet Arena and all those things. I think that jealousy cord uh, is one that will never, never cease to be broken by any other team. I mean, they, you can look at UCLA and go, yeah, but you're in L.A. And you can look at uh, UC, USC and go, yeah, but you're in L.A. Um, but, man, for some reason, Tempe just drives a stake into them. And I don't know if that's because a lot of Minnesotans uh, retire down there or if it's, uh, you know, and that's why it's such a such a stick to them or, or what it is. But I, I honestly think it would be Arizona State winning the Big Ten Conference. Okay, I, listen, I'm I'm all for anything that annoys them. I, I don't care which one it is. You just like chaos and annoyance. Well, I like annoying them. Uh, I love it. I love it. Okay, I know uh, we're up against the break here. We're going to go past it, though, a little longer because you brought up UCLA. You brought up USC. Yesterday, we kind of teased the fact oh, that... By the way, uh, just- and I'm not trying to annoy people at UCLA. I, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> but in their in their school newspaper, they had a, a computer generated picture of what what Pauley Pavilion would look like with a hockey rink. Did, 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 obviously, the editor or whoever designed the picture has no idea what a hockey rink looks like because they left off an end. <laughs> you got to have two ends. Well, I, yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Uh, Well, what I was saying was you brought that up yesterday about the fact that um, there was an article written uh, from the student paper at UCLA. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I just thought it was worth bringing up again because we're talking uh, in in the next half of the show, the last segment of the show, we're talking about a huge vote going down. It doesn't, it, it doesn't. Uh, the vote's not about college hockey in Arizona or in well, Tempe. It college hockey. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. It does affect college hockey, but uh, it doesn't actually uh, pertain to the NCAA program. That's going to be there. It's there to stay. It's not going anywhere. Um, but anyway, we'll get to that in a minute because that vote is going down as we speak. Um, True. So, so here's the thought. Um, um UCLA, I've told you before, uh, do they have the resources? Certainly they do. I don't know. See, I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, okay. If they don't have the resources, they have the ability to get the resources. I guess this is, this is the way I've always looked at it. And I'll let you finish after, and I'll, and I'll, I'll make my, my comment after you, after you finish. No, I'm just saying that I think, uh, I think they have the resources to do it where I think, uh, UCLA is lacking right now, and I love you guys. You know it. Uh, I follow you around. I, I went to your Division Two ACHA games. Um, nothing bad to say about about uh, UCLA. Billy Zegras and all the work that he did there, and and everything. But I just don't think. And and you know, Paul, I renamed our Wednesday podcast the American Collegiate Hockey Top Twenty because I think there's a big distinction between the top twenty teams or so in ACHA hockey and everybody else. And I wish that it would get to the point where I'd have to rename that the American Collegiate Hockey Top 100. But I, there's a difference, and I don't want to uh, sugarcoat that at all. There's a difference between the top 20, 25 teams and the way they operate and everybody else. And if you're a school like UCLA, uh, the first part that you got to get right is you got to be successful 
and win at the ACHA D2 level. Then you got to step up to ACHA D1 and win at the ACHA D1 level. Then you start considering your options to move up to NCAA. Uh, UNLV ran that, that roadmap. They won Division Two. They played very well. They didn't win the championship, but they came close. Then they moved up to D1. They've been now in the national tournament in the quarterfinals or semi or, or uh, uh, the, the, the Elite Eight, if you will, for the last couple of years. So they're pushing towards that. That's not the case at UCLA or USC. San Diego State tried to make the jump this year and found out it wasn't easy. Uh, you got to motivate your players. you got to keep them interested and active and, and, and going for it. And uh, that, that kind of slipped away at San Diego State this year. Um, well, I'll say that. I will say this. Okay, That is the normal path, so to speak. It's not the only way, right? You know, um, um, I, I give you Augustana. They got somebody to write a big check. They had no ACHA program. Okay. And I will say this about the L.A. schools, and this is what I know. Okay. Um, could I be inaccurate? I, I guess I could be. But this is what I know just from being around. <sighs> UCLA might have the interest starting a program. And do they have resources? Yeah, I mean, they do, but their athletic department is not exactly uh, in uh, in the black. At least as far as I know. They do have an athletic director that comes from a college hockey program. And Martin Jarmond, who was at B, who was the AD at BC. Okay, um, could they pony up the resources if they really wanted to? I mean, if they really made a, a serious run at it, I guess with the uh, NHL resources out there, they they could. Uh, the owner of the Ducks is a UCLA alum. You know, he could be um, the Penn State version of Terry Pegula. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, maybe after he's done building, you know, another cup-winning team out there, he might turn around and do that. Who knows? Uh, USC has the money. USC has all the money they want and all the money they need. They could, oh, they could start a program tomorrow if they really wanted to. I don't think they have the desire to. They're a private school with a ginormous Ivy League-type endowment with huge, huge money. They could do it tomorrow in a heartbeat if the president and the athletic director said, hey, we're going to do this. But they obviously are not interested. Especially 
now that they would automatically have a, con a conference to play in. Well, and what you're saying is 100% correct. And all you have to do is look at um, Penn State and Arizona State, the two, and Lindenwood, the three teams that were probably the latest to make the move to NCAA. Um, they have passionate leaders. Uh, look at Coach Powers. Um, look at uh, uh, Rick Zombo. Uh, they've got guys that, that bleed for their programs, and that's what they're missing in uh in the cities out west, if you will, that you would normally think could make the jump, as you mentioned. Um, they're missing key ingredients. It's either finances, building, well, school I mean, support, listen, like said, there's, or there's, passion. There's, there's, well, all of those things have to be there. Um, and you bring up Lindenwood and ASU and, and Penn State, as you should, as, you know, um, you know, Penn State got it all in one giant chunk for a men's team, a women's team, and a building. Okay. Um, ASU got a jump start, but they had to spend a lot of time raising money for a building. Um, and Lindenwood and LIU, just because I'll throw that in there because it's what I do, yeah, my my bad on that one too. I should have brought they, LAU they, into the picture. They kind of they had a place to play. Um and did it because people had a as you like to say a passion or a vision. Well, let me ask you this. Um when when people are starting an NCAA hockey program and we talked about this yesterday at uh, the case at uh, the University of Arizona. Um, they have they have a desire uh, to build a building. It's taken longer than they expected, but they have a desire to do that. But you need to have a passionate group of people, uh, not only that are financial, but are tied into the university and are passionate. Now, Chad Berman is a passionate individual. If there's anybody that would put in the time to do it, uh, it would be Chad Berman. But uh, the common denominator of the four schools we just talked about are, uh, or is, the uh, passion of their leaders. Greg Powers, um, who am I thinking about in Penn State? Why am I drawing a blank? Well, well that uh, was... Head coach of Penn yeah, State. Guy Gadowski, but that... Those, Guy yeah, Gadowski, but, yes. But once again, that was... Yeah, but here's the thing, Paul. You, you, can, you can have all the money in the world. You can have all the facilities in the world. And if you don't have passion to bring people on board with you, to bring players on board, we're finding out at Arizona State. They got some really good players that left, and they left for some sort of reason. I don't think it was the weather. I don't think it was the facilities. I don't know if it was the coaches. But what I do think, Paul, is it was the conference. These kids want to win. They want to have a chance to play for that big trophy in April. Um, no, listen, we, we understand so, that, but I, I'm also going to say that, well, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do that because I don't want to knock the players. The fact of the matter is, uh, some guys left and have found places to play. Other guys have left and have not found places to play. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand that, but my, my point being is, 
uh, if you have all the money in the world, like USC, like you're talking about, has, but right. you don't have a passionate person to recruit and build and teach and make winners out of it, uh, that money's going to blow up in no time. You're okay, going to lose tons if, if, because okay, let's, it's let's, expensive let's sport. Yes, I understand that, but let's face it. Um, you make me look it up because I should have done it before, but, you know, hey. Um, that's what I do. That's my life. That you make me do that all the time, and that's fine. <laughs> but um, as you're looking you're it Mike, up. If, if, if you're Mike Bone, the athletic director at USC, been there for a couple of years, been at Cincinnati, Colorado, San Diego State, Idaho. Okay. Um, I believe he might have been a former professional athlete, a baseball player, but um, but here's here's the deal. Okay, if Mike if Mike Bone wanted to start Division One hockey at USC, and he had a press conference tomorrow. It said in twenty four twenty five. As we join the Big Ten, we are going to start a Division One hockey program. How long after he finishes that sentence do you think it would be before the resume is flooded as email? Oh no, I'm okay. okay Hold on so, a minute. I agree with that, but that's not the same. Uh, here's what's the, here's what the four people that we why, talked why about. Not, why not? You don't now, here's think... I'll tell you. Let me tell you why. Here's why the four people, the four programs that are NCAA level right now and earn their way there, Guy Godowski bled for that program through the ACHA level and knew what it took and knew what the fan base wanted, all of this and that. Greg Powers, he, he bled, bleeds maroon and gold. I, I, he, okay. he knew all that. Uh, even Brett Riley Brett knew exactly what he wanted. Remember when we had Brett on the podcast and he right. was talking about having to mail out jerseys and all right. the time that he spent doing that. it? Okay, you can put this you can put this dollar amount out there. You can say we're going to start a program. You can start accepting resumes. You can do all that, but that doesn't bring the passion and that doesn't bring the fans. And that you could bring Mike Hastings there, and and he's not going to immediately. Uh, he's well. Either one of them. They're both very passionate, great coaches, but they're coming into an environment that might not ever take to them ever. That's that's what I'm talking about. It's an environment. Just because they're great coaches and they're great people and great hockey minds and all of that, uh, it, you can't sell um, ice in the in, in in Alaska. You know, it just isn't going to work. No. People don't care. They don't. They can get their own ice, and I'm afraid that until that passion starts to swell up. And, Paul, I'm watching it from a distance at UNLV right now. Nick Raboni, Anthony Vigneri Greener, the guys immediately around the program are very, very passionate. They have a fan base that's pretty passionate, but they don't have this inner core of people that say, this is going to happen. And we're like, here, here's an example. Bill Foley came to the desert uh, to start a professional hockey team, the first thing he did was he said he solicited a group. He said, "Go out and get me ten thousand season ticket holders. Prove to me that there are ten thousand people that want NHL hockey." That's not okay. That's uh, no, no, nope, nope, nope. it's not the same. I know it's not the same exactly, 
but it's exactly it, it's the same in the respect that you you can't just bring in you can't say okay we're starting a program um, and I'm going to use Mike Hastings. Mike, I hope you're not angry at me, but I'm just going to use your name because you're a passionate coach. Let's say they bring Mike Hastings in. They introduce him the next day and they say, he's our head coach. That does not mean that that group in L.A. is going to surround him and go, fantastic, coach. Whatever you need, you got, and we will make sure that the fan base is full. It, it just isn't going to happen that way. And, and until there's a base of people that are passionate about it, you can wish and you can hope and you can dream that this is going to happen, but it just isn't going to do it. And, and that's what Arizona State's finding out. They had to educate so many people about college hockey. I saw it, Paul, all last year at Mullet. I'm not. These I, people no, were coming in. They had to learn was, the game and understand and find not, the passion. That was not what the question was. The, the okay. issue is is what does it take? What what you know would these places or could these places, as as people are trying to implore their various universities to to do this? Okay, what would it take? And and I would say to you that there 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 are you know there are three different ways. Um, and each school's got their own sort of pluses and minuses. And, you know, from and, and, and that's just my take on it from afar as the two L.A. schools. I forget about everybody else. We know the bottom line is always going to be money. So you have to get it, it from somewhere. Yeah, you got to have the money, but it won't last long if you don't have the passion to push it and drive it. And I'm going to use Arizona State again as, as an example. We both talked about this. They need a conference desperately now. They have the building. Now they need a conference so their players can play all the yes, way till yes, March we know that, but and, and have an opportunity to win that national right, championship because you can't recruit on your laurels. You can't recruit on your campus. You can't recruit we on your building. We if you talking, can't win a national championship, who cares? But we weren't talking about ASU. I know, but I'm telling you the same, uh, same but different exists in Southern California. Yes, Just but ask. Those a, would automatically be in a conference. I know that, but you still have to have the passion for the program, and well, ask Craig Thornton up in Oregon. He's got great ideas. He's a great. You know, I sat down with him and visited with him when he was uh, out in Vegas again with the team, and I talked about. It and he said, "You know, we have so much educating to do. We have so much passion to build." Uh, around our program before we can go anywhere. And people said, why are you spending money and traveling all over the country? He said, we need to show our fan base and our players what big-time ACHA M1 hockey looks like. You know, uh, you you can't travel and, and use uh, your oldest players to rent cars. you you got to travel on a bus. you got to dress with the uh, with the aspirations of professional hockey players. You, you have to do those things. If you want, and that's what they're missing, and 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 and, and, and I'm sorry, but if and they need money, all the pieces. They need the money, the building, the help with the school, the winning, but they need the passion, or it'll just dissolve. That's why. That's the, how many times that L.A. have have uh, football teams that were there and disappeared because the fans weren't passionate, and they lost money and bailed. Yes, but we're we're not talking about the NFL. I know that, but I'm telling you the same passion range 
is what's missing uh, for those schools. They don't have anybody there. Uh, you know, Billy Zegras, as the student president a few years ago, was as passionate as they get, and he couldn't drive even enough guys on his team to uh, to get involved. Like I said, we're, we're, we're talking about, like I said, each of the L.A. schools is to my knowledge, which may or may not mean a whole lot, but those are the differences in the schools. Is the finances that we're saying? No, I'm saying one place has the finances, but is not interested. One place has has more interest than the other, but doesn't have the finances. Or okay, the- and I'm telling you that neither one of them have enough will or, or passion to make it work, finances or not. Well, well, I, I I think if you decided to do it, you would find the person to do it. If Phil it's not a person, it, Paul. It's not a person. It's a fan base. It's a multiple group of people. You need a point person. You need a point person, but then you need a bunch of followers. And those followers should really have money and passion. They should have come. They should be former players or coaches that have come in somewhere and really want to see this go at all costs. And and that passion just is not there from what I see. And I'm there now. Uh, I, I don't see any of that. I go out... Like I told you, I would go around Colorado and I get stopped multiple times from people going like, "What's Ice Time Hockey West?" And they see it on my jacket or shirt. Uh, when I go down here, that that's not not the same. I mean, uh, Palm Springs is getting it, but like I told you last night, and you know, a diehard hockey fan uh, in New York or Massachusetts or Michigan or Minnesota would not have gotten up and left a hockey game, uh, a playoff hockey game in the third overtime that was 3-2 with two of the best goaltenders in the entire league. The, the passionate hockey fans would not have done that. Now, I'm not picking on you, Palm Springs, Coachella Valley, because I get it. You're, you're learning. And Dan Bilesma says that all the time. He goes, we're teaching our fan base about what hockey's about. But he said, so he told us. They do, why can't he, they do that somewhere else? He why told us in the, in, the, in, the, in the press conference last night, he goes, I was shocked. When I came out for the third overtime and saw how few people were in the building still, because he was going like, this is when it's going to happen. Eventually, there's going to be a goal score here, and it's going to be euphoria. And all of a sudden, you know, 70% of the fan base was gone. That's, you know, so could it be built? Yeah, it could be built. But right now, there's nobody, there's no foundation to build on. And that leads me into a vote in Tempe. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well. (laughs) <laughs> we'll take let's take the break because we'll take the last 10 minutes yeah talk about that foundation <laughs> okay we'll be right back at behind the mask we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Passion. 
passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Oh my goodness gracious, Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for the next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, summer skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. From the nation's best college hockey conference, access exclusive on-demand content and watch more than 140 live games. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. On your phone, computer, or stream to your TV. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. When you can't be there, be here. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack is located at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe and 592 West White Mountain Boulevard in Pine Top, as well as its ghost kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. Coming to you from the Summer Skate Studios, it's ITHSW Podcast's College Hockey West Weekly. All right, indeed it is. It's Tuesday night. It is College Hockey West Weekly. Scott Strandy with you in Palm Springs, California, where it's now balmy 104 degrees. Uh, my co-host is always Paul Hornstein on that big, beautiful palatial estate they call Long Island, New York. Uh, Paul, there's a vote going on in Tempe, Arizona. Right. Yeah, we know that. Okay. Um, what's it all about? Um, whether the tenants will leave my building or not. <laughs> oh my goodness tenants leaving your building yeah it's my building oh okay just checking uh do you want to go into details and elaborate a little bit about that for uh for the rest of the audience um they are voting in the city of tempe uh a vote that probably has another two and a half or three hours to go three propositions 301, 302, yeah, 303. It's, it's, it's all one. It's to whether or not to build a quote-unquote entertainment district in the city of Tempe 
uh, spearheaded by the Coyotes. So they can get their own building um, and not have to to use the ASU building. Okay. That it? No, I'm taking my or you got some more? Enough. Well, that's simple <laughs> enough. The, uh, they, they are saying, or at least I saw a Twitter post from somebody involved in the Board of Elections that said uh, they could have an announced result as early as 8 o'clock Arizona time, which is right now 11 o'clock New York time. Everybody knows, no, uh, yeah, it's 8 o'clock Pacific time. Yeah, except, <laughs> once again, everybody knows Eastern time. So okay. That way. okay. But are you even up at 11 o'clock Eastern? Not tonight I won't be. Well, I kind of, <laughs> well, I might be, but not <laughs> conscious. I'm joking. I, I get that. I, I probably won't be conscious by 11 o'clock, but who knows? You never know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll get... Maybe they'll get news earlier. I don't know. I assume they've started counting the vote already, or they're just going to wait till the end. I doubt that. I'm guessing they're counting. I mean, there was so much. There was 25 or 35% of the vote already in by mail-in votes. Which is crazy. Certainly, you know, they're tracking I they, that. I, I, don't, I don't think they, well, I don't know if they counted it beforehand or not. They might have just counted it this morning. But um, I don't know if they get that many people to vote in a regular election. Which tells you it's a hot topic. Uh, so it's either going to it's going to be one of three things: it's going to be a landslide win for the Coyotes, a landslide loss for the Coyotes, or it's going to be just split right down the middle. Maybe There's not going to be anything maybe, in between. Maybe, it's not going to be like a like a sixty forty split. Pro, I don't know. It could be. Who knows? I don't think so. But anyway, maybe we can get Javier Martinez on to <laughs> talk about. That'd be Gutierrez. Oh, I'm sorry. I saw somewhere it was Javier Martinez. <laughs> yeah, he's been renamed in an article somewhere. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, so, so what you're telling me is this vote passes. The Coyotes are now solidified. They got a brand new building. Austin Matthews will be signing shortly. They'll get the number one pick next year. You can count on a Stanley Cup parade in what five, six years. It's all cut and dried, right? That's all oh, that it yeah, takes is this sure. vote tonight. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, well, buy your season tickets, folks. Well, all I know is this, right? They're, they're, they're talking about, and I've seen this too, uh, even if the if they win the the, the vote, uh, there'll be lawsuits. And other, well, listen, if, if, if you haven't figured out a way to deal with that before you got to tonight, you got bigger problems anyway. Oh, did I just hear tonight? Tonight. Okay. I feel better, Herb. Thanks. You're welcome. I'm just saying, if you haven't figured that out by now, um, you have, like I said, you have bigger issues. So, well, I mean, here's here's the whole thing, and I know we're running out of time, but I think we just need to put a bow on it. This this is only step one, right? This is the people of Tempe either saying yes or no to the propositions. Now it's got to go to the city council and they've got to take the propositions okay. and yeah, they've yeah, got yeah. to buy in well, and and put the stamp the rubber stamp of approval on it. Well, that's it, rubber stamp. So let's and, let's let's just say that that's yeah, Well, oh, yeah, I get it. But I'm just saying that this is not this is not the be all end all like some people think it is. This is like, 
Okay, so they win the vote. That That's not the be-all, end-all. There's things that have to be done first. You don't even know. You don't even know at this point, Paul, whether you can safely build on that land. And you will not know that until you uh, clean it up, take it down to uh, acceptable levels for the EPA, get approval for the soil, repack it, stabilize the soil. This isn't a house you're building here. This is a massive building, massive buildings uh, from what the plans are. So you're talking a lot, a lot of hoops to jump through and a lot of money to be invested. Um, and to me, that, that means there's also a lot of things that could go wrong and derail this multiple times past this oh, election. Oh, no, that, that's not possible. Coyotes will foot the bill for everything. That's what they said. Good point. Good point. So I guess there is no reason to worry then. No, no. Uh, you know, why would you, why would you worry? Um, I've got Oliver Ekman Larson on line one. Okay. Cool. <laughs> kidding. Oh, yeah. I love no. you, buddy. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, there's, there's lots of things to do. You know, again, I, I, I want to preface this whole conversation. I should have prefaced the whole conversation by saying like, we are not anti-professional hockey in Arizona. What we are trying to be is realists. We're trying to be realists. And at least from, well, I think I stand with Paul in this. I'm not an alum, but I've got a daughter that went to ASU. Um, it's about, uh, moving the tenants, as you say, not from my building, but from a college hockey building to an acceptable professional building in a timely manner. I don't believe it was ever set up to be a five-year, six-year plan. I believe it was something that was meant to be done in a couple of years as a temporary home. And as Coach Powers told us, well, we, we were able to provide them a temporary place to play until they got their building. I don't think it was meant to be a five- to ten-year plan. It feels that way. <laughs> feels that way. Yeah. That, that's what's happening. It's, that's not, you know, I mean, as, as we talked about many times on this show and in, in private, um, the work that needs to be done and the time that needs to be done, it's not like they're building an Augustana, right? They just opened up this parking lot and said, boom, drill the hole, cement it up. And, you know, 18 months later, you got a building. Oh. Th that's not what this is about at all. This is a multi-phase project. This is about... Uh, traffic control. This is about paving. This is about housing. This is oh, about well. stores. This is about shops. This is about a building, practice facility. You don't just throw that up overnight. I don't care well, how good the weather no, conditions I, I are. I get that. I, I, I get that. Uh, and, and I'll say, uh, and, and the fact is, this was jerked around in the city council for about 18 months. Because it kept getting pushed off and pushed off and pushed off. And, and that told me certain things. But, you know, what do I know? And I'll just say that um, they, find, they, they eventually decided to let the people vote, take them off the hook, and we go from there. Okay, and I'll, I'll finish my comment on this with one thing. You know me, professional golfer of the past, uh, loved playing Arizona State's Karsten Golf Course. It was, to me, unbelievable. Right on yep. campus, beautiful, tested facility. You had the best golf program in the country. Right at your, And I'm not saying that that's not the case where they move to now 
at uh, Phoenix Municipal. But it was on campus, like your hockey rink. Your golfers could go practice anytime they wanted to by simply walking from their dorm. Now they have to drive or get transportation to get to the practice facility. That land, Paul, was deemed too valuable to remain a golf course. Michael Crow snatched it up and said, this is too valuable of land to be spent on golf. We're putting buildings on it. So my where, thought where, to you is, if you put three RFPs out on this one piece of land that's basically the last piece that's not not used up in Tempe, a landlocked city in the state of Arizona, if that one piece was so great, so valuable, why did nobody else put an RFP in there? Why did they not put a bid uh, in there? Why did they not want that piece of land? Um. How do I say this? One, there were, were two two things. One, it really isn't that valuable. Or two, maybe the fix was in. I don't know. There, there is okay. I'll, I'll, I'll put to, to bed that rumor of the fix. There is no way that that ASU loses a Tempe land piece that they want. There is no way. If you told me the fix was in that that ASU got the land and nobody else did, I would say, okay, I buy it. Because look what ASU has done for the city of Tempe. They, they've been a, a benchmark. They've made so many improvements to that city that the city would be nothing without Arizona State. So you can't tell me that that they said, yeah, Michael Crow, you know what? You're not going to get this piece of land because we got an earmark for somebody else. No way. No way. Listen, no way. This is all about the land itself, Paul. It's about whether it can be built on, and I, I really believe a lot of big money, smart business people and companies said, you know what, it's too risky. We don't know if we can build maybe, on it. Maybe it uh, is. That, that's what I believe is what's happened based on what I've been told, that maybe a lot of companies is. stepped away and said, you know what, cleaning that thing up is expensive, and even after it's cleaned up, we're not even sure we can build on it. I'm sorry. It is as great a location as it is. We're out. You could be right. I'm Everybody's done right. that. Not one company has put in a competing yeah, bid. Yeah, but but no, those companies didn't have a sports book. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Anyway, so so I'll say the same thing again. I, I would love for the Coyotes to be flourishing and great in the state of Arizona, but come on, man. I mean, you gotta you gotta be honest and realistic with people. You can't just say it's not going to cost anything and it's a done deal. We're talking billions of dollars, and even with all the money that exists in the world, that does not overturn unstable soil or or unapprovable EPA soil. That stuff has to be proven first, and it hasn't. Uh, it can't until it's dug out. Listen, I'm not arguing with you. I, I'm just you, you're asking questions. I'm giving you answers. <laughs> That's the way it works around here. I ask the questions, you give me answers. <laughs> yeah, well, you might not like the answers. But... I love it. Or agree with them. Uh, anyway, the vote will be in. We'll know tonight. And uh, as I said, tongue in cheek, it is not a be all end all. There are so many more hurdles to go, folks. So just prepare yourselves. That just because the vote comes back one way or the other does not mean that this is a done deal by any stretch of the imagination. Well, I think if you I think, think so, you're naive. I think it's simpler if the vote comes back no. 
Well, uh, yeah, that would put a, that would put an end to it. I think. I don't know if you what would happen at that point, but. Well, there would have to be quote unquote Plan B, which they say they have or they're prepared for. So we'll I don't know. We'll see. Well, let's let's hope it happens. Anyway, that's that's it for tonight. Take it away. From the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask, College Hockey West Weekly is brought to you by Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style at our two locations, the original at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas and the second location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. By behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or behindthemask.com. Desert Toyota of Tucson, no gimmicks, no games, just a great car and a great experience. Find us at DesertToyota.com or at 7150 East 22nd Street in Tucson. Or the NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to NCHC.tv to catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. Top Golf. Play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf Center or go to TopGolf.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. College Hockey Inc. NCAA Hockey Resource, Liberty University, Hockey, Education, and Faith with Equal Passion at Liberty.edu, and by the Caesars Sportsbook app. Play responsibly on the Sportsbook app that lets you earn Caesars rewards. College Hockey West Weekly presented by Behind the Mask and all of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and available for download at your favorite podcast platform. Search, subscribe, rate, and review ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. Behind the Masks College Hockey West Weekly and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. All right, very well done, my friend. Thank you to everybody for tuning in a little late. We went a little over as we tend to do occasionally. Um, so we'll wait for the vote. We'll know more tomorrow. Stephen Marsh and myself will be back tomorrow with the um, <laughs> the American Collegiate Top 20 podcast. Thursday, we'll be back with the uh, Pro Hockey West Report. And Paul and I will be back Sunday night uh, to talk some more college hockey, some NCAA hockey. Good night, everybody. Good night.